0: Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. This is certainly a big day of the year for me. I obviously, uh, I have a lot of mothers in my family (laughs) and, uh, my real mother went to be with the Lord, uh, well, I believe she went to be with the Lord, I'm hoping and praying she went to be with the Lord back in uh, 1969. Uh, uh, she uh, succumbed to cancer and then my mother today, which I, I didn't know we had the afternoon off and that was good because now I'll be able to scoot off here for about an hour to get to her and see her and, and be with her at least for a little while on Mother's Day. So I'm uh, grateful for that opportunity. But it is a day. It's one of the biggest days of the year. for me. My wife, obviously, is a mother. Uh, my daughter, uh, Mandy, is here, a mother. And I have two other daughters, mothers. And, uh, and a lot of children have come out of those relationships. And uh, one day will be mothers. And, and it's a very, very important. So I wanted to do, as I wanted to uh, talk this morning or preach this morning, a kind of a topical message on the law of thy mother. How many of you had mothers that laid down the law? Yeah, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Uh, my, my mother was one of those mothers. My, my biological mother was one that laid down the law. Uh, my mother of more years than my biological mother was more of a, uh, an easier mom. She was, you know, kind of easygoing in life, and she still is one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met. But uh, the law of that mother. So I didn't bother to have anybody read Scripture this day because it's just a few Scriptures. I just want to go to Psalm 22, if you would, with me for a moment. I want to uh, establish a principle and a foundation, and then, and then talk about um, why mothers are so important. In Psalm twenty-two, if you look down at verse nine, in the middle of this, um, the Crucifixion Psalm, I call it Psalm twenty-two. Uh, Jesus makes uh, a kind of a, what David, but D, G, it's about Jesus, made an amazing statement here. He said, "But thou art He that took me out of the womb excuse me, I put my glasses on. "Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. thou art my God." from my mother's belly. That's a good verse right there for the so this woman's rights things. I was uh, cast uh, upon thee from the womb, thou art my God from my mother's belly. Isn't that amazing? Anyways, not long ago in America, um, we dropped a bomb, if you remember correctly, over in, in Afghanistan, the largest man-made I go, non-nuclear bomb in our arsenal. Do you remember that when we did that over there? It was pretty familiar. We had never been, we'd never used it before in war. It was the first time. It was called the mother of all bombs, the Moab, M-O-A-B, Moab. I don't know if you remember. I remember watching it. They had films of it, uh, film of it when it went off. It was awesome. Now, once that bomb was used, right, it was sent, uh, it was used to send a, a big message, and this is the message, don't mess with America. Don't mess with us. Uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we have to come at you with right now. And I'm not so sure how strong we are anymore in America with the president we have. But uh, when that bomb was put down there, everybody knew we meant business. And in like manner, when it comes to his mothers, God's message is don't mess with them. Right? Don't mess with them. He warned us in Exodus, Exodus 21, 22 through 23, if men strive, and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow. He shall be surely punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. So the mother, think about this, the mother of all blessings is the blessing, one of them is anyways, the blessing of having a mother. And according to scripture, mom is the source of many of our blessings. Does everybody understand that? Your mom is the source of many of your blessings. Um, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto, unto thy head and change about, chains about thy neck. So following the rules, what he's saying here, Solomon's saying following the rules of godly parents will be like fine jewelry to a young person. They'll be like an ornament of grace unto, unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, chains don't mean here bondages, but rather fine jewelry. So, ornaments of grace means by paying heed to her advice, it will be a valuable and a vi- beautiful uh, asset to one's life, their entire life. So, and then there's the mother's womb. And we don't talk much about that, but when God made the mother's womb, he meant business because that was the womb by which would be the pathway he would bring his family into the world so i believe god's message to us to make sure is to make sure we take mothers seriously and to keep our mothers held to the highest honor which right now because of this transgender thing is under attack now more than ever men calling themselves mothers or uh, trying to birth children it's the most ludicrous thing that I've ever seen or heard in my life. But that would be like Satan right now, to do that and take one of the other institutions that he's already conquered so many in, motherhood, and then destroy that also. So we are to be fierce defenders and protectors of mothers their, and their wombs. So Eve was chosen to be the mother of all living, and God has been using and blessing moms ever since uh, throughout history. So in Proverbs 29:15 we find here God has a significant message to mothers because God doesn't want His mothers to be shamed. And uh, we take this message the wrong way, Proverbs 29:15. Uh, a lot of people will take it and then talk about the first part of it, but not talk about the second part of it. It says, "The rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself, look what it does, bringeth his mother to shame. A rod and reproof give wisdom. Now everybody, Satan wants you all to focus on the rod and reproof. Oh, no, what I mean? You can't beat your kids, you can't hit your kids, you can't do all that stuff in discipline. That's what he wants you to focus on, that rod and reproof. So that You'll miss the whole point of this verse that is so important to God. The broader meaning of this verse is corporal correction imparts far more benefits than leaving a chill child to themselves, to just letting them do whatever they want. But there's also an implied warning here that suggests some of the responsibility of mom's shame will fall into her own lap. In other words, God has given her a heaven, heavenly burden to bear, and moms definitely have been divinely instilled from on high to know each of her children, and how to raise them. The world teaches strong correction will damage a child. Do you understand that? They still teach that. That strong correction will damage a child mentally, and unfortunately, many moms have bitten into that apple. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit after the, the tradition of men, after rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I mean, there's plenty of scripture verses in the Proverbs that says the, the rod of correction is important. See, because why? Because kids left to themselves or to their own impulses will greatly diminish a parent's ability to control them. But more importantly, it, it, more importantly, I think, and the most important is, it diminishes the child's ability to control himself or herself, thus jeopardizing God's desired goal for that child. You know, he has a plan or a purpose for every person. So Proverbs 29, 15 is not so much about disciplining that child as Satan would like you to think about, as it is about discipling that child. Helping them understand. And a mom does most of that because she's with her children the most. If the child disrespects the rules when the child is young, they will have no respect for rules when they're older. We're dealing with a generation of that right now. Rules don't mean anything anymore. So this is why a mother's job is so vital to the spiritual progress of her children, but also why moms are so special to God and should be so special to us. With all that said, this means moms have a huge responsibility that I respect deeply, deeply. Many great men and women attribute their successes to their moms far more than they do to their fathers. When you think about why is this, I think there are obvious reasons noted in Scripture uh, I'm going to try to give them to you today. It's not your typical message, but I, re- I just believe that every mom needs to hear this and every dad needs to hear this too. Uh, and everybody that, whether you have children or whether you don't have children, needs to hear this, hear this because of the importance of mothering children and, uh, and what God has, ha- the, uh, the high value that God has put on this. Number one is this, a mother is the birther of every life. Now that sounds kind of Uh, fundamental, right? That should be a no-brainer. But that's what it is. She is the birther of every life that's on here. By the way, every person that's ever been born was never born of a man. So when you read all this nonsense out there, it's amazing. Um, It was born of a woman. There's a special connection between moms. Now listen to me. Between moms and who they birth. There's a special connection between a mom and who she births. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My soul knows that. So out of every mother's belly comes a living creature of God, and out of the mother's belly comes her own mother's belly comes her own family. So the mother's womb was never intended to be a baby's tomb. Never. I I believe abortion is the greatest slap in the face of God. It really is that we give him. And I want to also say that those who support the right to abort are just as bad. I publicly say that from your pulpit. Because there's a lot of Christians out there are against abortion, but they say, but a woman should have a right to do it anyway. They're wrong. They're absolutely wrong and are no better than the ones that are having the abortion. A mother's womb is a sacred place and a very special part of God's plan. It is the place God births his children, his children. We forget that. The children we have are his first. We're just stewards of them. So therefore our mothers hold a special part of God's plan um, and of our own hearts because they birthed us. I wish I had known my mother. Uh, She died when I was young. I didn't get to. I I mean, all I've got was the disciplining years. I didn't find the other years uh, through here. I wish I had. I wish I had known her. But think about this: athletes, all athletes, thank their mothers for after victories. You ever see that? Hollywood actors thank their moms for their awards. Even politicians thank their mothers. Praise the Lord. You know, Lincoln said this about his mother. He said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe it to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me my whole life. Now, please look at me and listen carefully. We have lost that. It's something we've got to bring back. Listen, this is uh, when I think about this, This is becoming a lost art today. What is the lost art? Setting down with your children every day, mom, dad, taking them by the hand, and out loud praying for them in front of them, and over them, so that the world can hear how you feel about your God, and how you feel about them. That's part of the main problem today, is we don't do that anymore. Where you walk in on your mom and then she'd be in the bedroom on her knees and she'd be praying out loud for her children Right, and it would touch your heart in a way that would change your life because you'd remember those prayers for the rest of your life that's what we're missing today moms listen get back at it take your children by their hand and just pray over them and don't be favorable all of them every one singularly Right? And tell them what you want for them and how much you love them and what God wants, what you know that God wants for them. You know, they have to hear that. They don't, you know, they can feel it obviously through action, but when they hear it come from your mouth, those are the things that they remember and hang on to throughout life. Those are the things that are going to get them through struggles, and I'll share about that in a moment. So that just let them hear your pleas before God for them. So the mother is the birther of all life. And by the way, there's nothing wrong, mom, with doing that right now. Even if you're an older mom calling your kids up and saying, listen, I, you know, I haven't prayed for you, let, let me pray for you. And right over the phone, give them a prayer. Here's the second thing. A mother is the binding of every home. She's the birther of every life, but she's also the binding of every home. Now, how do I know this? Well, you've got to look a little deeper on this, but mother in the Hebrew literally means the bond of the home. The bond of the home. So she is the homekeeper. I, I used to have a foreman on the railroad, when I worked on the railroad. And uh, everybody loved Pat, and uh, still does, I still do. And uh, they, they, when they met her, they just, you know, just loved her, and and so I'd come into work, and the foreman—I had a really rough old Italian foreman that was really hardcore. But he'd always see me, and he goes, "How's the housekeeper doing? How's the housekeeper?" And uh, he would obviously he would say that in jest. Uh, but a homekeeper is her greatest honor. It does not mean she is to be a slave to her home. It does not mean that, or to her husband. It just means a home without her is without the most important link of the home, and that's the link that keeps the home together. So it has the idea that she is gifted by God to be the home's binder, the keeper, or you could word it this way. She kind of keeps order in the home. Kind of keeps order in the home. She looketh well to the ways of her household, Proverbs 31. Eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Blessed. Her husband also, and, she, and he praises her. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Susanna Wesley. But Susanna Wesley knew a little bit about order in the home. She was 25th of, 23 children, of 25 children. 25 children. And she had a lot of children herself. She was an amazing mo- woman, noted for her motherly skills. But you won't find her written anywhere for preaching a great message or publishing a book or speaking at a conference. But I want to tell you something. She is the mother of Methodism because she birthed two sons, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, and applied to them the examples of Scripture and the teachings of home, and they went on to be great men of God. So what does it mean to keep order in the home? I believe it mostly means she is the cord that holds it all together. She's just a core that does that. Uh, fathers can be kind of off the wall at times, and sometimes she's the one that keeps the things in order. I, I want to share with you some things that I teach, uh, and I hope this would help you, and, and things that I teach about mothering uh, and the importance of mothering and, and, and taking care of children and all that. Uh, they, I call them the, the five Cs. Um, sometimes I just refer to four of them, but I want to share with them this morning. Just to kind of help you a little bit. Number one, or we say A, she is to be consistent. Parenting is all about consistency. Mom, a child has to know they cannot change you or your rules. Just establishing the rules is not enough. Consistency and correction is vitally important to her home success. It has to be the same way, the same time, All the time. Because you know why? Personalities are different. Many will need help over and over again. That's the way children are. Some get it right away. But most issues are for them all are hard to conquer. And consistency is the key to conquering your child's heart for Jesus Christ. She never changes. Just like God never changes. Her love never changes for you. Just like God's love never changes for you. Secondly, she is to be compassionate. She's to love them, but also empathize with them. In other words, there's nobody like a mom, because mom puts her place, uh, kind of puts her place in your shoes. She can feel your pain. She feels their pain like Jesus feels our pain. And bottom line, she knows them because she makes an effort to know them and to put her life, uh, their lives above hers, put their concerns above her concerns. So she doesn't give in to their foolishness but also doesn't give up on them so most victories are lost just moments before the victory is won do you know that so don't give up moms don't give up one minute or one iota your victory's there it's coming and here's another one she has to stay calm and in control her children do not rule her house they are compliant to her commands, and she is to keep herself in control. Most children that are out of control have mothers that are out of control or dads that are out of control. So if she is not in control of herself, especially when correcting her children, they will never learn how to control themselves. In other words, a mother never needs to scream unless it's in, uh, in dire na- uh, da- there's a danger thing happening. Right? She needs to, to uh, instruct. And every time this, this principle is compromised, the harder it gets to keep order in the home. Now, in the world, some will call it being strict. But God calls it just being responsible. That's all. Responsible to those children. So Psalm 119, 133, David said this. He said, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You know what he was saying there? David begged God to order his steps before he took the steps that make sense? So David begged God. He did not want God correcting him as he went. He wanted God to correct him before he went so he'd stay out of trouble. That's what moms do. It's preemptive strikes that help the child. Teaching them before they get in themselves in trouble. That's what training child is all about. Teaching them how to stay out of Uh, teaching them how to stay out of trouble not teaching them how to get out of trouble so the bible says train up a child in the way he should go uh, not correct him after he or she gets there you know that's not what it's all about anyways and then she is to make corrections mom can be the one that can make the difference i'm telling you right now just in a simple corrective response cursed is a father or mother that robs the child of smiles yes but more curses the father or mother who refuses to correct the child's bad behavior quickly and completely. Quick correction reveals mom's devotion to them. A mom is responsible to do her best to keep her children out of trouble. That's why the position is so very important to God. Right? Uh, Proverbs 19:18. Chasten thy son while there is hope. You could put in there, while there's still time to do it, and let not thy soul spare for his crying children are prone to wander into areas forbidden we all know that because we were all a child once and that's the nature of every sinner they also learn shortly after birth how to manipulate mom and dad to get into those areas that are forbidden so a child's stubbornness should not embarrass her or and it doesn't the true mother or enrage her and it doesn't for the true mother but it should just engage her into action to do something about it quickly as to send a strong message to the child that this is not how we get it done. And let me just tell you this. It's hard work, I know that. It's hardest work on planet Earth. Highest position, I believe, on planet Earth, with maybe the pastor being one step higher. I don't know, but I know it's high. And then lastly, she has to stay committed in this. They need their eyes fixed. Children need their eyes fixed upon someone who they can trust. Always gonna be there to the end. In other words, always gonna stand upon the principles to the end. The old adage is true. No one will care about how much you know until they know how much you care. That's exactly true in everything we do. If you're not teaching them to be ashamed of bad behavior, then we're not preparing them to be good citizens. A mother is the birther and the binder of the home. Don't ever forget it. And then thirdly, a mother is the bulwark of every family. The bulwark of every family. You know, Proverbs 31, 27, She looketh well to the ways of her household. You know, we all know mothers can be like lions when it comes to defending and protecting their children. And this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing, except for when she starts defending the child's bad behavior. Because then she's not teaching the child anything. She is to lay the law down. That's the saying that came from the Bible. Twice in the Bible, uh, Solomon says that. He says in Proverbs 1, eight, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Right? Proverbs 6.20, My son, keep thy father's commandments, and forsake not the law of thy mother. To me, there's nothing more disturbing than watching children walk all over their mothers. I, I you know, I see it all the time, everywhere. If they do, chances are our mom never laid the law down to those kids. Laying the law down was never a bad thing until Dr. Seuss came along. If you Remember that? Now we had the Dr. Seuss Bible when we were bringing up, thinking that was a new thing, right? Where you don't have to discipline or spank them or do anything like that. It just warps them. Oh, Dr. Seuss's uh, uh, child Spock. committed suicide. Spock. 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 Excuse me. Seuss. Spock. For all those listening, Spock. <laughs> Dr. Spock. Laying down the law was never a bad thing until Dr. Spock came along. Mom. Maybe to criticize for laying the law down or running a tight ship in her home. But the good behavior of her children, listen carefully, is important to her. Why? Because she knows it blesses God. But more importantly, it brings great benefits to her children. Because that's who mom is all about, her children. I really think this is why God included Proverbs 31:27, where God says she looketh well to the ways of her household. You know, this simply means she takes her mothering seriously. A bow means uh, a defending or protecting wall. The phrase looking well to the ways of her household is something to look into because the meaning for the words ways is not to be missed in this verse. It has the idea of a, prof- of a pros- procession or of a march the words looketh well means diligent observance over the march now listen it could mean she's not going to let her children get away with anything it could mean that but that wouldn't fit the biblical profile of looking well what i think it means is she's not looking to lose sight of them for one moment and this is where the term she has eyes in the back of her head came from right because she does she's supposed to have eyes in the back of her head I, I always found this comical when I first got saved and we started attending church more faithfully we were within walking distance of the church and uh, and my wife all right uh, she used to bring the kids to church by herself because I would go earlier uh, because I had things to do in preparation for the church as a part of the church I was we weren't saved by the way Uh, so she would uh, bring the kids over she would lead, uh, the ch- and the children would follow her in line. Now, we're talking about going by a major highway. She would walk, and those little ducklings behind her would follow right along with her, and they were only one year apart, uh, the four of them. So the largest one was in the front, and it kind of went down, and they just followed right along. And uh, the comment always followed, how did she keep those four little children in line while leading the pack, without looking back? And it's, it's like she had eyes in the back of her head. But it was because she had done a lot of preparation work in how these children were to follow. I remember a local man and his wife telling me they were so impressed, they reminded them of, of a mother duck leading her ducklings. It makes me think of this verse, right? She looketh well to the ways of her household. Um, it was like a, a commencement of sorts. They were following her. They were following her marching orders. Uh, they were taught to stay in rank and not to wander out of line. She could trust them. Uh, she can trust the work that she had uh, accomplished in them because a the mother looketh well to the ways of her household. She gives them their marching orders and then, they, and then she never takes her eyes off of them, even though they think she's taken their eyes off of them. I'm always amazed when I go out to my daughter Lindsay's and. We'll be in a conversation. They got a big house. We're living in in the living room, and we're we're talking. And right in the middle of the conversation, she'll go, "What was that, Daniel?" It's amazing. It is amazing. And all of a sudden, he comes marching out. What were you just doing? His head goes down, and I'm thinking, I didn't hear any of it. I don't know what she was talking about, right? because she seems to know. She's intuitive, right? She keeps them in rank. She always knows where they are, what they're doing. She knows they are her main responsibility. And by the way, it's a 24-7 responsibility. So there's never a downtime for mom. There's never an idle time for mom. She's on, on time all the time. She may keep a tidy household and work ethics maybe beyond, I guess, scrutiny. But her main focus is her husband and her children. She, she wants to know what's going on with them all the time and knows where they are all the time. I realize this isn't always the case with all mothers, by the way. But God expects it to be. And I must admit, sometimes I watch some mothers and ask who is in control, her or her children. I see some mothers administer no discipline to stop bad behavior. I see some mothers who are oblivious to where their children are or what they're doing. But this is what Solomon calls leaving a child to himself or to herself. Bottom line, moms are to teach and train their children to be Bereans so that they don't end up brats. Children need to, hear from the need to learn the importance of values or they will never value anything important. At a very young age, they need to learn the difference between right and wrong, why they can or cannot do something, what is sacred, what is profane, what is respectful, what is uh, disrespectful? Uh, that's discipling, my friends. That's discipling. And children cannot learn these differences without knowing there's consequences to their bad behavior. So the message a, a child has to learn is you're not going uh, to lead me around, right? You're going to follow me in my directions, and eventually you'll let the Lord lead you around. So, a mother is the birther of every life. She's the binding of every home, the bulwark of every family. And lastly, she's the blessing of every heart. I'm I'm so, I'd love finishing this message this way, right? There's nothing like a mother's words of encouragement when you're discouraged. Am I right? There's nothing like a mother's smile when you've tried your best and you've failed. There's nothing like a mother's touch that says, I understand and I love you anyways. There's no pain reliever that relieves the hurt like a mother's hug. There's no one that makes you feel more important, more loved, more wanted than your mom. This is why Mother's Day is one of the largest attended services of the year. This is why mothers are such a blessing given to us by God. So I I also recognize, recognize this uh, that not every mother fulfills her role very well, but there is a promise from Scripture, and it's found in Psalm 27:10. I'm going to give you and close this uh, message with an illustration of a young lady that me and Pat know. Psalm 27:10 says this: When my mother and my when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. There's a young lady that is very special to Pat and I. She came to us from Florida. I had a a Nazarene church deacon. Now listen to this story because it's pretty interesting. Call me up and he says, I have a young lady coming to your area uh, that we've been mentoring. We've tried to help. And he said, um, and I'm asking you to kind of watch over her. She's nine years old. She just needs some direction. Her her mother has kind of abandoned her. Her father doesn't want any spiritual things to do with her. Uh, it, he takes care of her, but they, no spiritual stuff in there. And I remember saying, this is a comical part of it. I remember saying to the deacon, um, "But you're a Nazarene. Why did you choose a Baptist preacher?" And he goes, "He's does." Don't tell him, He's by the way, he's gone now to be the Lord. Don't tell anybody I said this. He says, but you Baptists got it right. That's what he said. And I know for sure if you make a commitment to me, you'll hold to that commitment. And we brought her under our wing. I remember the day, because she would come, she was at our services, and we'd pick her up sometimes and bring her, and then she'd sit, and she'd love to talk to her pastor and her pastor's wife. And then one night, we were asked to help guide her, and uh, I was sitting down with her, and I remember reading to her this psalm, 2710, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And she began to weep profusely. And then as a result of that, she said, how can I know Jesus? And she gave her life to Christ. We baptized her, watched her grow in her faith. Unfortunately, we had to move on, and she did too, and we love her very much, and if she's listening, she knows that. But can I just say this? We love you, Mom. Your role is important. Stay at it. Don't give up. Your blessing is about to be given, and you're the blessing that we celebrate today. So I I want to close this message with an invitation concerning this one last thought, and we're through. Um, I believe that there is is not a more special place in God's heart for mothers because they are the instrument God uses uh, to populate his kingdom and to propagate his gospel. Now listen carefully to the conversation that Jesus and Nicodemus had. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Notice Nicodemus's response. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now follow me through on this. You did not get to choose when you would be born. Am I right? You did not choose where you would be born. You did not choose to whom you would be born to. You didn't get to choose your mother or your father. It was all done by God. But it's not so with being born again. You ever thought about that? You get to choose everything. Think about this. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Did you notice that you make the choices for the second birth? You get to choose the time of this birth. In other words, you could be born again, if you're not born again, you could be born again this morning by simply trusting on Christ as your Savior. You get to choose that time. And you could do that very that today, this very day, and remember this date as the day you were born again. Hey, here's another thing. You get to choose the fate in this birth. Life or death. You can either live forever with Jesus Christ or die without him in hell. You get to choose that. You get to choose the home in this birth. Right? Heaven or hell. It's your choice. Where do you want to live forever? Heaven or hell. You get to choose that in this birth. You get to choose the parents in this birth. You're already a son of Satan if you're not born again. So you get to choose. God or Satan, who will it be? What do you want as your parents? And you get to choose the eternal state of your soul with this birth. Saved or lost. Isn't that amazing? So if you're unsaved here today, you can choose the day you're born again and saved with assurance unto eternal life simply by repenting of your sins and turning to Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing you could give to God who allowed you first to be birthed in the flesh is to accept the invitation by him to be born in the Spirit. You are birthed to become a child of God, but you do not become his child by just being born into the world. You have to be born again, and you have to be saved from your sin. So you must receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of god so let's bow our heads for a minute and give an invitation to be born and then amazing you can you can choose the time of your birth could be right now and you can settle this issue you can choose the fate of your birth you can give your life to Christ and live forever with him or you can deny Christ and die in your sin, and live forever in hell. You get to choose the parents in your birth. Is it going to be Jesus Christ, or his archenemy, Satan? And you get to choose the eternal state of your soul with this birth. Saved unto eternal life, and not lost unto eternal death. So the greatest blessing you could do right now if you're unsaved is to give your life to Christ. Is there anyone here by the raised hand would say, Pastor, I am not sure that I'm saved. I want to know for sure. Could, would you pray for me by the raised hand? That's all. I am not sure that I'm saved. But I, I want to be sure. I just need some help. Would you pray for me by the raised hand? Anybody at all? For the rest of us, what a day to celebrate, huh? Because you can't be born again unless you're first born. Everybody has a mother here. This would be a great day to let her know how much you appreciate her. If she's still around. If she's still around. You still have that opportunity. But what you could do is in honor to that mother, encourage another mother today, a younger mother that's in here mothering is not easy it's hard work we have a lot of young mothers in here with children that need the encouragement of our of our older establishment here in this church so you can do something there you can put your arms around them and just tell them we're praying for you we're backing you father thank you lord for this day thank you for our mothers Thank you for all those who have birthed children through the years, Lord, and even those who are not able to birth children who have helped those children in their lives, through their lives, uh, the lives that they have established in Christ. Lord, we want to be a help here. We want to be an encouragement today. Yeah. We want our mothers and the ladies of this church to walk out of here feeling loved and supported. Help us to do that, Lord, we pray. And We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBCSconnectedy. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org the gospel.